This week we're off to Tanzania for a natural that's been with us for a few years now, but it keeps getting better and better. My name is Steve Layton, and I travel the world finding amazing and delicious coffee for you to drink at home. Some make coffee difficult to understand and complicated, but here it's my job to make it easy and fun and tell you what's in my mug. So the Burka Coffee Estate is located on the outskirts of the Arusha National Park um, and is on the leeward side of Mount Meru, just about 80 kilometres west of the very famous Mount Kilimanjaro, Africa's highest peak. Um, Selian was established in the 1910s uh, and is acquired by Burka in 1991, thus the Burka Selian in the name. They're two uh, different estates that are now combined um, and I've been growing coffee since 1899, which I think is pretty amazing. Um, for an African uh, estate, that's very unusual. Um, the Selian estate covers 1,210 acres, of which 753 acres of coffee uh, is coffee production. Give you some context, that's absolutely massively huge. Um, the Burke Selian estates have around about 200 permanent staff, as well as 200 daily casual staff. Um, who will come for different jobs that need to be done, so weeding and uh, feeding, you know, pesticides, things like that. But during the peak of harvest, they have around about 5,000 staff involved in picking um, and processing. Uh, all of the permanent staff are provided housing on the estates. Um, they have four different, like, I, I'm, it's described to me as four different housing estates. Um, they have a minimum salary which is set above the government minimum standard of around about 20%. Um, staff have social security and um, union membership, which for Africa is very progressive and it's included in their contracts. Um, they also can get estate credit union loans. So, for, you know, if they need to have uh, education or health issues or want to construct a house, they have their own credit union within the uh, coffee estate, which when you have that scale, you're, you're able to do those things. Um, each estate, so each of these housing estates, has um, a nursery which educates around about 100 children um, and two primary schools which have got around about 600 children in them. Um, and they're all families who live on the farm, so are, are working and living on the farm. Um, but also, sometimes they'll have people coming from neighbouring communities as well. So if they've got spaces, they'll allow other children to come in. Um, they have on-site healthcare uh, and an estate nurse and a chemist uh, which is available to meet all of the needs of the workers and all of the workers' families. And in fact, the estate has its own ambulance, um, which is pretty awesome. It has its own shop, it has its own sports facilities, it has its own church, it also has its own mosque, um, which I think is like, it's just awesome. But the best bit, the best bit is they have an inter-estate, so inter-housing estate, inter-camp, football and netball uh, teams, where they will play each other and then they will have a big barbecue and celebration and um, I just I love the idea of that. They also have things like free firewood from the stumped coffee trees uh, and they have uh, fruit and nut trees which are all around the estate that anybody can help themselves to. It's just, yeah, I desperately want to visit this place, desperately. Um, the harvest is carried out between May and October um, and it's all hand-picked, there's no mechanical picking or anything like that. And then it goes through a further hand-sorting uh, process to remove uh, underripe cherries. And then it's dried on raised African beds for about 12 to 14 days. 
Um, and these cherries are constantly tested through the drying process to make sure for an even uh, drying and no over-fermentation. Uh, over <clears throat> um, and then at night they get covered with plastic sheets uh, to make sure there's no rain and moisture gets into them. And then once the cherries have dried to the optimum moisture content, they're then sent to uh, Mushi for hulling, which is a, a nearby town, and they are graded by bean size. Again, they go through another hand-picking uh, part, and then they get bagged into Grain Pro for export. Um, and uh, all of the exports come through uh, Dar es Salaam, which is the capital city. So, um, yeah, that's Tanzania Burka. So here you find me at the cupping table uh, and we're going to cup this unique coffee um, and uh, yeah let's so first of all get a spoon break it three times a little bit of a clean and then scoop off the top not good at multitasking so if I go silent you have to forgive me and then Luckily for you, you don't have to wait because I have an asbestos mouth and I can do this stuff really hot, but... So the first flavour I get in this coffee is really rich dark chocolate. But I'm thinking rich dark chocolate with... Do you remember tin strawberries? Like, you know, they're a little bit mushy, they're a little bit kind of sweet and sticky, um, like a little bit sugary. It's like dark chocolate, but then the aftertaste comes and you just get this massive boozy hit from it. Now, you should cup at home. In fact, I'm going to insist you cup at home. I'm going to make you watch this guide so you do cup at home. Hello, you join me, geography teacher Steve, in the staff room at school, and I always walk around with a map. And this week, we're going to be talking about the country of Tanzania or the United Republic of Tanzania, to give it its correct name. Uh, it's a country in East Africa, which is part of the Great Lakes region. The country uh, is uh, bordered by uh, Kenya uh, and Uganda to the north, Rwanda and Burundi, and the Democratic Republic of Congo to the west, Zambia, Malawi and Mozambique to the south, and the Indian Ocean to the east. Mount Kilimanjaro, Africa's highest mountain, is in northeastern Tanzania. Tanzania's population of 51.82 million is diverse, composed of several ethnic, linguistic and religious groups. Tanzania is a presidential constitutional republic and ever since 1966 its official capacity has been, its official capital city has been Domoma, where the president's office and the national assembly and some government ministries are located. Dar es Salaam, the former capital, retains most of the governmental offices in the country's largest city and principal port uh, and leading commercial centre. Tanzania is a one-party dominant state with the socialist progressive Chama Chama Mapuzundi, the CCM if you want to say it easily, uh, being the party in power since its formation in 1992. It's only legally permitted party in the country. This changed on the 1st of July 1992 when amendments to the constitution and a number of laws permitting and regulating the formation and operation of more than one political parties were enacted by the National Assembly elections for presidents in the National Assembly seats.
that were last held in 2015. The CCM holds approximately 75% of the seats of the Assembly, even after these changes. So this farm is huge, and I mean gigantic. And on there, it has lots of different varietals that aren't separated out. But we do know the four main varietals that are used there. So the first one is Kent. And Kent is a Tanzanian stroke Kenyan varietal um, that we see quite often. Um, it's quite a hardy plant uh, and produces a very high yield. Then we have N39. N39 is a one that's been made, so it's a hybrid where they've crossed different plants um, and it has a really sexy name like N39. Again, super high yielding and quite pest resistant. The other one is Blue Mountain. Now, Blue Mountain is a uh, varietal that comes from uh, Jamaica. And the reason it found its way to Africa is they're good old British. We colonise everywhere. And uh, some of it was brought back. And then the final varietal that's on this farm is Catimore. Now, we've talked about Catimore a few times on In My Mug, but Catimore is a cross between Katura, a varietal we know a lot about, and Timor. And Timor is a, a robusta, uh, based varietal and Katura is a Arabica based uh, varietal and the two are kind of mixed together to make this special plant called Catimore. Now it tends to be with the Catimores very leaf, resist leaf resistant, uh, resistant to lots of disease and pest but tends to not have good, such a good pro cup profile. But all of these four coming together create this unique coffee that I think we're all going to really enjoy. Okay, so I'm joined by Luke. Luke is this week's guest brewer. Yep. Hello, Hello, Luke. Everybody. Yep. <laughs> so Luke um, is one of our dispatch staff here. Yep. Um, and you're going to find more about that in a little while because we're going to chat about it. Uh, but we've gone for espresso. So why have you chosen espresso as your one? Well, as um, I did the espresso course about, about a month ago. Um, so yeah, just practicing the skills, really. So you're an SCAE... Uh, intermediate qualified barista. Yes, yeah. So if people are at home watching, like how much experience had you got before? Like, yeah, I mean, um, you've worked a little bit in coffee. Yeah, but... it was limited, but I mean, it was nothing as into depth as the course goes into. Um, it was a bit slapdash, but like since doing the course now, the, my skills have really uh, upped. And with the beginners course, which you did first, like yeah. basically anybody can pick that up, can't they? Yeah, it's easy. Yeah. yeah. So you can go onto the website and book those courses with Sonali. Sonali, any good? Yeah, she's not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll keep her. Keep her. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. <laughs> so, what are you getting in the espresso? Because for um, me, I get lots of like strawberries. I get a little bit of that fruitiness in there. Yeah, I'm definitely getting chocolate as well. Definitely nice and sweet. Boy's good. Boy's yeah. good. There is definitely chocolate in there. A um, little bit of like a boozy cherry aftertaste to it as well, which I really like. Yep. So, um, we're going to go and sit on the sofas, and then we're going to talk to Luke some more. So I'm joined by Luke again, who you've just seen at the espresso machine. Hello, Hello. Luke. Hello. Tell these people who you are. Okay. Um, so basically, I'll come in in the morning and... No, who you are, oh, not who what I you am. do. Sorry. Okay. Then, then it looks like it's scripted, because that's going to be my next question. Right, okay. Oh, Luke. <laughs> no, got it. Who are you? Um, just a member of Dispatch. Just a member of right. Dispatch? Yes. More than just a member of Dispatch. How long have you been with uh, me? Just five and a half years now. Five and a half yeah. years. Wouldn't get that for, like... 
seriously injuring somebody yeah. or like you know a aggravated burglary or something. <laughs> um, so yeah, so you've been with us for five and a half years, yeah. and you're not just dispatch. What what is your what does your job entail? So when you come in in the morning, what's the kind of thing? Yeah. You do? So first thing in the morning, I will help Kay out, who's been seen before, and I will sort the invoices out with her, get all the like the labels all paired up, and then go out to everybody else help pick the orders, pack the orders, bagging, um, sometimes even forklift driving, unloading lorries. Um, yeah, it's quite a mixed bag, really. So anybody who's ordered for a while from Hasbeen, probably at some point has had their order put in a bag by you or put in an envelope yeah. by you. Very or, good chance of that, yeah. yeah? That's amazing. So <laughs> um, you, we were talking at the espresso machine that you've done the uh, barista training. Yep. Um, before you came here, you kind of worked in coffee, but like in a little bit, wasn't it? It wasn't really yeah. like a, it was like a small coffee shop in the village where you live. Yeah, like it was like a little delicatessen bar, I think you'd call it. Um, wasn't their main focus the coffee? It was just sort of like it wasn't pushed. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, completely different ball game coming here, learning how to do it properly. And what do you do outside of outside of work? So what are you what are your passions? Um, football. Live and breathe football, uh, golf. It's not really football if it's Stoke, though, is it? Not as bad as Sunderland. Uh, sorry, better than Sunderland. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I think you're right the first time. Um, yes, yeah, so football, uh, see my mates, just this and that, really, yeah. That's cool. And you've also done a little bit of roasting in the past as well. Yeah, yeah dabbled in the roastery, yeah. Dabbled yeah. in the roastery. <laughs> and on that one, I guess we should uh, wrap up. But thank you for joining me, yeah, Luke. Thank you. thank you for joining me. Um, and. Um, yeah, uh, we've had geography, we've had the history of Burka Salan, we've had Luke, we've had good coffee, which is kind of good because life is too short for bad coffee. Do you agree? I fully agree with that. Yep. Fantastic.